To enjoy this and other great episodes on Patreon, check out the link in the description and subscribe via the Black Kluge tier for full access to over 100 exclusive episodes. For those of you who would like some QF swag on TeePublic t-shirts, magnets, mugs, what have you, also click on the link in the description. Now look, I don't want to get into a long explanation. That's not what I came here for. My audience isn't here to hear to laugh. Hour and a half. I have not taken a break. Spread the word about Sirius. We do not take commercial breaks that often. Let's go ahead to Randy. I don't want to be in a wig and a purse. I do that in my personal life. I don't want anybody touching me. Yeah, I don't. I'm I touch with you. you sometimes. Like, hey, yeah, but, man, what's up? Yeah, you touch me because like, you're paid to touch me. I'm not saying I was the biggest stud, but I got mine. And I fucked some pretty good-looking women way before I was Howard Stern on the radio. Fuck off. Assholes. The nose I have now is gigantic, and the fact of the matter is, the reason it looks different on Letterman, which I've explained a million times, is that I keep the camera so far back on the e-show, and I only shoot from the right-hand side. You wouldn't turn the children against me, would you? I would try. <laughs> <laughs> she would, too. She's coming and she's fighting on all the sides. No, but I'd win that one. I wouldn't even have to do anything. If you ever did anything to hurt me, they would hate you. I wouldn't hurt you. I just want to go out and have sex with some women. Would, but, listen, by the way... Considering what I'm going through, I feel horrible that you're smoking that girlfriend went to a movie without you last night. And, and, come, and then came home. <laughs> Can I say something about that, though? And then came home. Let's be honest, though. Uh, you're, when you're, when you're, he was knee-deep in Johnny Walker Blue. Well, the bachelor party. I think yeah, it was a good idea for the beginning of it. Yeah, thing. I think you would have you would have been just as weird. If we started the beginning, you'd go, oh, my God, everyone's staring at me. Not me. I love it. I love when people stare at me. He loves to be stared at. <laughs> I love it. Move into Sam's house and get the fuck out of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get beat. We'll get Beetlejuice to pick yeah, out our get fatter. Get fatter, Artie. <laughs> We're more of those fucking things. <laughs> Beetlejuice will pick out Howard Church. You can live with Sam and really blow him. You'd be a little baby No, not only that. I'm just trying you to need, You can't live without a stylist in your life? No, 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 no. I'm thinking who would be easier to replace? I, and I think Ralph, of course. Yeah, but there's a lot of the guys who picks out your clothes. Chris, could you date Ralph? Would you? No. Would you? You couldn't? Why? No, no. Look at that smile. He's lying. You're lying. Robin, Tell please. the truth. Could you, Robin, could you, Robin, date, could Ralph? you date Ralph? X and no. Yeah, right. Oh, please. I could. We would have the best time, Robin. I, I couldn't to date you. Ralph. Would talk to me. I couldn't date Ralph, but I could fuck him. I'd fuck his brains up. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. If you guys A lot of were, people feel that way. I know Ralph is straight, but. All right, now I understand. All right. I don't understand. It's I can't understand gorgeous. It's a straight place. No guy. Let me just say something no about men. No man says gorgeous. Says gorgeous. Really? This restaurant is gorgeous. Okay. No, you got to understand something. Guys the don't next, talk that the way. Next time. Guy goes, hey, it was a good lunch. And it was sort of set Well, the sketch, a... what the controversy was. It was Patrick Swayze, who's, you know, gorgeous. Welcome, folks, to QF, a podcast about Howard Stern. I'm your host, Phil Moore, a.k.a. Jim Fix. And with me, with her, uh, no, no, sorry, I saw the yellow scarf and I thought no, it was a jacket. No, it's just a yellow turtleneck, not, <laughs> yeah, not my, not my, <laughs> my signature Howard Stern news lady blazer. No, so is the Sam's on, on board for this one. How are you guys doing? I, I wonder if I wore that for Halloween. Like, would anybody even know if I was like the Howard Stern news people? I doubt you, it. If you had a microphone and you were with a specifically like New York crowd, possibly. That's how that's how, you know, far removed. <laughs> that's how from irrelevant. Me. Yeah, I hate to say it. So we're gonna guys we're gonna try to get through this in one shot. It, it might be a longer episode than normal. I know we don't try to keep things manageable like ninety minutes, hundred minutes, something like that. But this one's a long audio, so but we wanna play it all. It's the emotional friend saga that I put together. And uh, basically, the the long and the short of it was Christine uh, texted 
some she had a friend that she would talk to, but it was like a secret friend that Sal knew nothing about. And they all presumed that oh, she's fucking him, whatever. And like the way Sal was, did you imagine that she was I, I I could see either. I could see her just depending on someone for emotional support, and I could see her screwing around on him. Well, it's almost like he was living his childhood fantasy by being on the show, and it's mm-hmm. like he completely disappeared from reality in that yeah. show. Yeah. And so, you know, he just took a hiatus from being a husband for a while. I think that was mostly it. And the other thing was he might not have, let's say, beat his kids or he might have been not, not have been, a, you know, a financially irresponsible like his dad. But he ended up sort of, I think, yeah, disregarding it and maybe regressing and being more of a kid and forgetting his duties. It reminded home. me a little bit of Stuttering John. The way the way Stuttering John used to brag about. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. The way uh, Stuttering John used to brag about, you know, his wife doing everything for him, and him and Howard were both like p- shit on Gary for being, you know, the uh, henpecked. Yeah. Yeah. But well, again, way- I don't. I don't know. Christine worked at some point. I remember, but because wasn't this a guy from work? If I remember I, correctly, I don't recall exactly. And it happened. It came out when this guy, the Sim was on the show and it was in the middle of the interview and Sal came in and he, cause he's, he made some comment about Christine. Then it came out about his emotional, this emotional friend thing and the one, four, three thing. And then people on the show were dicks. Like they had some kind of fleeces made up where they had some fantasy football thing going on and they called their group, the emotional friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. Are you? <laughs> it's and the, it's the, key, the key, that is the best troll ever. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like Hello. you wouldn't like. Yeah. If even if you were Sal, at some point you'd have to laugh about this. <laughs> they called the group the emotional friends. I love it. Anyway, so one four three became a number. All of a sudden, that became like, and that's the first I ever heard of that expression. That it meant I love you in text messages. <laughs> I know that's like now a common. What I find so funny about this whole trilogy is that one four three has lasted the test of time. I mean, people all the time on our chats. Right. Or on our Facebook page, are always one four three. Happy right. birthday! <laughs> it went straight into Howard Stern numerology lore. Like seventy nine, <laughs> we're, we're we've made it to, to something, but only within this group, right? Like um, if civilization burnt down, and you were to find our <laughs> our pages, what is one four three? Like some bigger, deeper meaning? <laughs> it does. Yeah, it's like the Illuminati code or some shit. Anyway, so we're gonna go through it, guys. Here, let, just bear with us. Do you think that emotional cheating eventually turns into physical cheating? An emotional affair either ends or it escalates, period. It does not just disappear. So if you have that sexual intensity, either you break up that friendship, which is going to break your heart, or you're going to end up in some marital catastrophe. But Victoria, what what is the problem? I mean, it's talking, for God's sake. It's texting, for God's sake. It's not touching. If it's not touching, why isn't it okay? That's why it's bad. (laughs) You want to know. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, when you, your wife has an emotional friend. You, oh, yeah, it's not touching. You know what an emotional friend is? That's a, di- a, it's a different. Fucking. Yeah, it's a substitute for a guy I'm fucking. You know I, what I don't I mean? even know that it's a substitute. Yeah. I don't know any women who have an emotional friend or I'm fucking a guy. If it's I, a good- 
That's not true. And, I, and I'll, I'll tell you this. One of my best friends is a woman, and my wife's known about her from the get-go because we went, we went to high school together, and we were just best friends. And I have one of my other best friends is a guy who I went to elementary school with. Um, and they all know each other. That's the whole thing. If The problem with Christine was she didn't – Sal didn't know about this guy. Yeah, that's the problem. Mm. <laughs> Therein lies the problem. I mean, right. you know, I don't – Rick has – women friend i have male friends but we're all friends so i don't really if i don't if have an emotional friend though well yeah if, there, if there's if there's transparency i mean are there things you tell one friend that you don't tell another friend because you don't trust this one as much or yeah of course there are levels of friendship i don't ta i don't not keep things though from rick like i'm not deleting text messages or like you know they, they, all that crap is if your marriage is getting to the point where you're emotionally texting somebody else and hiding it, you're in trouble. And that's not unsalvageable. Well, but it depends on what the, what it is. It if depends it, on what it, it is and what you're what you're sharing. Because the, the other thing is, you could be venting, and it could be a shitty day, and all of a sudden you feel like that that day. But then later on, you get clarity of mind. You go, oh, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean to unload on you. I was just fucking pissed off, whatever." And then you write it off. You go, "Okay, yeah, they had a bad day." It sounded like to me, though, an ongoing thing. And mm -hmm. I'm speaking about this case specifically. You were? Yes. To who? Oh, I'm not telling oh, to you. To Mr. Who? X. No, and guess what? No, no, no. You ended no, up no, fucking no. the guy. No, it wasn't Mr. X. She was a financial friend. And what happened? Did you have <laughs> oh, sex? Did you have sex with the emotional friend? <laughs> no. The guy was married and you were his emotional friend. Right. Yeah. You know what? That's like me saying, Robin, I'm Tracy Millman's emotional friend. I talked to her. We get along. We're right. at the. No, I know that's what was bullshit. No, I know what you're talking about. There was definitely sexual tension, but we didn't cross the line. But was it cheating? Yes, it was. Oh, stop! Absolutely. It. Absolutely, he was cheating. Hey. What would be more threatening to a woman, though, to know that her husband is being physically intimate with somebody, or if he's sharing secrets with her and talking about his concerns and his and his philosophies? I'm not sure which would be more difficult. I think they're I think all pretty bad. It means he wants a fucker. <laughs> you know, I think the physical's way worse. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I I think of it like the physical might be worse for a guy, but I think for a girl, if I thought that somebody was talking to my partner at like this deep level that he doesn't talk with me and I don't even know who this person is. I think that would blindside me a bit more. It's fucking kind of animalistic. And so like I could forgive a one night stand or something. Interesting. Uh, see, but I, I, think, I don't know I think if, if I could knew... forgive. I don't know if I could forgive somebody who has this like long term emotional thing. Connection. Yeah, I that's don't know. More my father, my father-in-law had a childhood friend. They literally knew each other since they were four. You know, that's as far back as you go. And his wife was seemingly okay with it because they they were literally best friends. And my mother-in-law sort of, you know, they she accepted this because that person came before, uh, before she did, and she accepted it because there was no she didn't have a choice. Like she accepted that this was a person that they could absolutely trust, and they went back so far. But I could see some women also getting jealous of that. The way you know, as soon as you get married, sometimes friends get cut off all of a sudden because the the women don't feel comfortable, you know, uh, get you know get contacting just like that because they feel the wife might be upset. Sometimes the wife does get upset and territorial. Sometimes the guy does, the husband. I feel like this is all individuals. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like this is a very situation case by case yeah. thing. This yeah. isn't something that's with a broad brush 
broad brush. Like I can't paint this in sales case. I would definitely feel as sale kind of taken aback, but this is your time to like say, okay, well, if it didn't get physical, maybe I should really step it up as a partner. Yeah. And you know, why are you going to other men for emotional needs? Is it because I'm acting like a asshole 24 seven and you know all i care about is showing my dick on the howard stern show well more specifically why aren't you why why don't you why isn't there a woman you can share this to why is there a female friend you could share this with and ask them for advice but it also depends too on how christine is as a partner like is this something that obviously this is somewhat of sales dream do they share Mm -hmm. the same dream like i like to be in a relationship where i feel like we're going towards some some goals together like whether it's getting a house or you know we're we're going somewhere together i support you in your goals Mm -hmm. you know i'm not you know rick loves to sports bet i'm not going to sit here and be like a party pooper about it and like shit on it that's like what he loves to do Mm -hmm. what hurts on top of all this not only did you know she text message Howard, right? Yeah. And the email and everything. Who pays? Who pays for the email? Yeah, it's all, paying the, all the I'm bills. paying for my wife to tell somebody else she loves him more than me. <laughs> did she say that? No. no but that's when like, is uh, when are you doing that thing with Dr. Keith Abelow, you and your wife? On Monday. Oh, this coming Monday? Uh, I think this is oh. this coming Monday. Oh, I can't wait. a.m. Be there. I, I know we didn't cover that episode, but is it? I don't recall that it was really worth covering at all. Do you? I can't remember exactly what was said and what wasn't. This is all, I mean, I've listened to both of them, mm-hmm. but it's been so long, Fillmore. I can't tell you if it was worth it or not. I'll have to check that out one day and just see, just take a look at it. I seem to recall to the, the best of my knowledge, Christine was laughing a lot through it, like nervous laughter, and she was taking it not very seriously. And then Sal was getting, I don't know, maybe he was putting it on, but he was actually you know, unloading his feelings. And then it was just made a mockery of. I seem to remember she was very emotionally closed off. Yeah. And that would be part of being <laughs> that Irish stock, I think, personally, because most Mediterranean people I know, they, they they don't hold shit back. I also don't know how comfortable she is being on air. It's not like she's having this session with just him and her. No she's kidding. having it with the world. Yeah. And with the BDSM expert, Mr. Dr. Ablo. Yeah. I cannot wait for that. Yeah. And you say it ruins your life. It's still bad. I'm not over still there, the huh? same person. Not oh. even close. I'm a mess. I mean, you should ask her for traction. Right. <laughs> I don't know if traction works in this situation. Did you ever say I want traction? No. No. Good. It's beyond traction with, 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 with this relationship. <laughs> That's what I, I figured. Can yeah. I give you a little hint? It's just how interesting this is going to be. Like when I had to call his wife to ask her to do this, I thought she was going to say, I don't want to do this because I don't want to get into it, et cetera, et cetera. What she told me was, she's like, listen, I have no problem doing this. I don't think Sal can take it. I don't think Sal can take the conversation. I'm fine with everything that happened. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of course she's fine. Yeah, it happened to her. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be so good. <laughs> she's so, fine. <laughs> this is interesting. So it's like she, she must have really wanted this to come out regardless of how Sal found out because this is a cry for help. Like our marriage is in trouble. You're not seeing it. Let's just get it all out there. I believe so. On you Monday. Know, it's so screwed. I'm going to sit here till Monday. <laughs> You're not even going to leave. You don't want to miss I'm not going it. home. You could do something over the weekend and not be able to be. That's here. right. I might. <laughs> what if I hurt myself and I can't be here? <laughs>
It to- it's so totally screwed up my whole life. My my life will never ever be the same. Well, that's not a good ever. attitude to have. Do you realize how great the segment would be? Although we couldn't get him if we got Mister One Four Three on the <laughs> yeah, phone. That'd be, that'd be fantastic. Oh, that would be. You know, that would be great radio. On our Horrible phone, for sales Dr. Keith, I have to interrupt for a minute. Um, on our phone right now is the emotional friend of Christine. Hi, Howard. How are you? Now, what were you doing with Sal's wife? I was just her emotional friend. We didn't do anything. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you should do it. Hey, here. Hey, use yours. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I know. That's Emotional friend. Did you do anything with Christina? <laughs> Me? No, no. We <laughs> just talking. <laughs> <laughs> nice girl, Christina. Oh, he's a real nice guy. <laughs> and, and, and Christina swears that nothing happened emo- sexually before. Oh, no. We were, you know, we were just doing emotional stuff. We would just sit and cry. <laughs> <laughs> So here's where, here's where. Also, this is a great cross section of how a bit happens, but also you got Howard doing a shitty impression of Henry Hill when you got Artie right there, and then he realizes, like in the middle, like he he thought of it. Artie said, "Okay, let's go with it, but let's give it to the person who can bring the funny," because it wasn't going to be Howard. Oh, thank God that they Howard used to have the foresight to know when to pass the ball. Big time. Yeah, damn. <laughs> You never fucked her up. Oh, I would never fuck her. I'd never dream of fucking her. <laughs> so Sal was working 10, 11 hours a day and even paying for the text messaging and everything, right? Yeah, you wouldn't right. do that. Oh, no, forget. No, I would never. No, you, <laughs> you would never screw another guy up. Oh, no, he's paying for everything. I would never take it to some hotel on, uh, you know, on the LA or something. Fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> I well, gotta laugh or I'll kill myself. Thank you for calling in, oh. Mr. Oh, sure, no problem. I mean, let's, I'll stay on hold in case you need me, uh, you know, for anything. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're not emotional friends anymore. In other words, Sal put down his foot and he said, Christina, you can no longer talk to your emotional friends. So you guys completely stopped talking to Please, that I haven't seen it since. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Christine, how you doing? <laughs> One four three. <laughs> <laughs> one four three, huh? Yeah, I one, yeah, one four years. Uh, yeah, that's I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you called. All right, yeah, one four three. Is I miss you now. <laughs> How's it going, sir? You sl- Don't you think though? Sometimes when you're at this like stress point in your marriage, maybe. Before you jump into something physical, like if you have this emotional friend and Sal finds out, maybe it's like a saving grace. Like maybe it's something to wake and snap you out of the rut and make you realize that you have a wife here that matters. Or or or, or make you realize that you should get out of it before it gets any worse. And sometimes too, like maybe the girl or like in this case, Christine thinks, okay, I'm going to dip my pond. I'm going to dip my toe in the pond with this, like text messaging or whatever and see how this feels, but not go through with it. Cause maybe it shocks you back to emotional reality of like, I don't want to do this all over again with somebody else. Like I made my choice with a life partner. I saw what was out there. Maybe it felt nice to be wanted for a little bit, but this isn't where I want to go. 
Well, he started talking about how she was getting dolled up to go out with the girls, whatever. And they saying like, well, you know, well, they don't do that for no reason. It's like, well, no, they want to get attention, but they also want to look good in relation to their other friends who are going out and going to do the same thing. It's not really about putting the fucking bait out there on the dance floor and seeing, you know, what what happens. It's it's more about wanting to also do that and because some people some women a lot of women do enjoy dolling themselves up and going out and getting pictures and all that stuff it's it's narcissistic but it's also a self-confidence issue yeah i i don't know it just um i guess i guess it just changes like your goals like when you're younger to now i think and if christine's probably like my age when this all went down i'm assuming like 35 37 Uh, something like that pretty fairly mid 30s i would say at the most because sal wasn't that old and i don't believe i think they were high school sweethearts that kind of thing yeah so you know i don't i don't judge it necessarily i just think I haven't really hit that point of like where I feel like I need to go relive my 20s. Like I I feel like that was just yesterday. I'm good. Yeah, and I think that well with her she's got the three young kids and that can be so draining. Like just having one kid or two kids, but then three that are all really young and you're responsible for them all the time. And I know and people need a break. They do need a break. Parents need a break from parenting mm-hmm. sometimes. There's no question. I mean, uh, some people take advantage of their grandparents that way, but otherwise, you know, you know, who who does you know? Everybody needs a mental spa day or whatever the fuck, you know, just to get the fuck out of Dodge, forget your parent for one day, and then go back to it. It's a refresher. Yeah, I'm not judging. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe she needed that. I don't. In that sense, I don't blame her. Sal, is there anything you want to say to uh, Christina's emotional friend? <laughs> you can have her. Hey. <laughs> Hey, uh, don't spend too much on those acting classes. We want to text a little more. You're <laughs> <laughs> saying you're worried that Sal might go through all his money? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Sal, you know, you're spending a little too crazy. We just we got some other shit we want to do. <laughs> okay, he can't support her except emotionally. <laughs> yeah, right. I got to listen to her emotions over at the, you know, the, the Shady Lodge. <laughs> what, when you, you say you have to listen to her emotions, what kind of things would she tell you about Sal? Uh, she would uh, she would mumble shit about how he's an asshole and shit. <laughs> and I would go, uh, yeah, now uh, finish sucking my I mean tell me about it. <laughs> I hate that Billy Goat fake laugh, that strained laugh that Howard does. Like maybe it's legit, but I don't know. Uh, I it sounds a little put on. The uh, the other thing is, uh, and I I know Artie will br- address this at the end of the clips, the end of this whole clip. Um, you, you think for yourself, God, this has got to be brutal. But then you remember who it's about. It's Sal, and he's been so brutal to so many people. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, you go, and it's the Howard Stern show. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's the Howard Stern show. Yeah. Look at what they did to Fred and fucking Tony and Tina's. Oh fuck, Jesus H. <laughs> wow. All right. So there you go. All right. Well, thank Can't you. Can't wait for Monday. Can't wait to uh, see meet you in person. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Christina, room one oh one one. I'm booked on the same traction. <laughs> Yeah. Under the name she always tells me about how her husband likes traction. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I've gotten some good traction right behind her. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just fucking with you, so I'll just, you know, keep up those acting classes and I'll try to act like I'm not fucking her. <laughs> You're acting too.
concept of Henry Hill being the emotional friend. <laughs> oh, goodness. What? I can't breathe. <laughs> oh, God. I can let it go. What? I took the same acting classes. That's how I get through saying I'm not fucking. You're good. You're really good. <laughs> I got to tell you, Christina's a regular Meryl Streep herself. <laughs> you say she's a good actress, too, because she would tell Sal that you guys are just friends. All right. I said, how the fuck are you going to do that, honey? And she told me she pulled it off. I was like, Jesus Christ, she got an Academy fucking award. <laughs> she deserves the Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah she's good. She's good. Yeah, <laughs> these things happen. I know yeah, yeah, that's sad, right? I feel and... bad for Sal, but Jesus. I mean, <laughs> get out to the happy hours a little more, jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the lesson we all learn here, that a man should stay with his wife yeah. and really pay attention to her because he can lose he her. He should right. value what he has. Yeah. The lesson is, you know, you know, show more emotion towards your wife. Listen a little bit more, and maybe, you know, I wouldn't be fucking her. Were you ever afraid, emotional uh, friend, right. and I don't want to use your real name, but oh, of course, were, were, you. were you afraid that Sal would find out and come over and rough you up? Uh, no, I, well, you know, actually, no, I, I'm pretty sure I can kick it. But, you know, Christine must have some pretty big bombshells to drop when she talks oh, about Sal. Oh, she does. It's unbelievable. Her mouth is usually full, but she drops. <laughs> <laughs> She's able to drop by. Oh, my God. Poor Sal. That is so Oh good. <laughs> she drops a lot of bombs in between her mouth. Yeah, she oh, drops bombs like I drop loads. <laughs> I could, Sal, this is tough. I'm pretty sure I can beat Sal up, but I got my arm is in good shape from holding Christine's hair back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and she probably talks about her emotions. You have to hold her hand. Yeah, yeah. The worst is when she starts talking about, you know, uh, Sal. And, uh, you know, he used to make a lot of money. Now he doesn't. I'm like, yeah, whatever, honey, blow me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess she was coming in on Monday. <laughs> Sal says he never gets blowjobs. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I get them all the time. <laughs> Not from your wife, maybe. <laughs> no, not from your wife. Well, right, right. <laughs> Nobody All else right, is Thank right. you very much, and uh, uh, and we look forward to it. Yeah, I'll be happy to stay at home, whatever you need. <laughs> <laughs> right, thank you. Hey, whatever. <laughs> that was the emotional part. So Monday, you and your wife will try to get counseling. <laughs> yeah, sure. From Dr. Keith Ablo. What? Right. Let's you hope try to get counseling in this circuit. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrity rehab looks like fucking the best Betty program ever. In comparison. Oh, Christ. <laughs> best venue ever. Honestly, I'm going to treat it very seriously, and I do know oh, you're I'm sure you will. <laughs> no, so, uh, hey, if the emotional friend calls, then I'm sure you won't take the call. All right. Also, I never shared points in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Hook knows Mike, you're on the air in Tampa, Florida. Go ahead. Hey, good morning. How are you hooking those you back? What's happening, brother? Thank you, yes. Uh, listen, uh, first of all, how the hell would anybody trust Sal with their money when he was trading? This guy's off his fucking rocker. And by the way, let me just mention that Valentina Vaughn's pictures are up on HowardStern.com right now. We put a couple up there. Uh, Jason was busy doing all photo shooting here with her, right? 
Yeah, that, you that, sort of melted into the background. Photo about the shoot, whole thing. Doing a photo shoot with a girl must be fun. Oh my god, it's great. <laughs> I didn't mean you emotional for us. <laughs> I've never done a photo shoot with a broad. I'm just, I'm just there, you know. I just, I'm there. They bounce ideas off me, and I go, it's fine. Hey, Howard, do you want me to put Christine on the phone for this thing? Or <laughs> <laughs> Let me say hi. Yeah, I'll just say hi to Christine. Let me roll over. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Howard's fucking segue to Valentina or whatever, like yeah. being put up on the website. Here's Hook Nose Mick. Oh, by the way, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and, and the um, the funny now would be replaced with like jazz or, you know, you know, some like Hunter Schaefer would be on the fucking website if he had his way. Oh, God. What yeah. a, what has happened to the What a show? turnaround. God. I know. My God. I would. Pray to God to listen for a segment like this. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, this is. I mean, this went a little too long eventually, but but by the time it did end, it it, it ended at least closer to when it should have. But um, when they wrapped <sighs> it up finally, it's like at least they found something. They stuck with it, but they didn't, you know, do a SNL thing like Conehead sketches twenty times and cheerleaders sketches again and again. By the way, my wife recently saw a sketch. I don't know when it was done, but Will Ferrell and Christine Kristen Wiig, I think we're both doing. Uh, it was a cough commercial, like cough fluid. And he starts coughing like this absolute maniac, and she can't take it. She goes, why can't you cough? Like, Why can't you sneeze like a normal person? <laughs> <laughs> I love him and Kristen Wiig. And uh, what's his face? I forgot his name. He's the one who does that uh, box guy. Uh, he, B- Bill or Noah. Bill Hader? Shit. Yes, Hader. And they're like the, the Californians. Okay. <laughs> Come- have you ever seen it? It's so no, funny. They can't it. ever get through one of the sketches without, without laughing because yeah. it's like, I go die. It's so funny. Bill Hader and Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig, yeah. the Californians. I'll, I'll, I'll have to check it out. <laughs> Hook knows what else can I do for you, real quick? Hey, Howard, I just wanted to uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart for the interview you did with Valentina because I'll be cranking one out. But by the way, yes. make sure that uh, no matter what the hell they're working on at Howard TV, they need to get that shit on tonight, bro. When will Valentina be on? Tonight or tomorrow night? And really, I do recommend you look at it. What uh, what uh, night, please, Doug? If I could get an answer on that quick. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night it hits. Got- well, we should, we should get, just get rid of this stuff in the in, when we get through the edit. I was going to say, this is so stupid, by the way, because there's, like, porn in the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta wait, be. like, 24 hours. Give us 24 hours to get all the footage and the hall footage and stuff in. You, as know, well. you know, Harry, you know what was the worst time for me and uh, yeah, Christine? What emotional friend. After, right after Howard fell off, right after uh, Sal fell off that stage, it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have sex. I mean, emotional friendship for three days. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sal, in all fairness, and I know we're teasing, we know that, that your wife... <laughs> sure. No, so no, that, your wife right. had an emotional friend and didn't. It, it was not a sexual thing. We we understand that. No, no way. <laughs> you made that perfectly clear in the past ten minutes. No, no, I, I'm, I know. It's all, yeah, I understand. I could take a joke. I, I, Maybe you need. I know what show I work Could we for. have attraction? All right, I'll give I'll a traction. traction yeah. You want attraction right now? I'll give it to you. No, you don't want traction. No, it's all right. Ask me for traction, and I'll give it to you. I don't want it. What don't you want? Don't Nothing. you need to clear this up? That this is all. What don't you want? Nothing. No. What don't you want? I don't want attraction. You don't want attraction. Not a. I'm going to give it to you traction. anyway. Is attraction. We know, in all seriousness, you've been through a rough time. <laughs> and I am not here to offend you. Christine is a great girl. And I am really sincere when I tell you, and this is traction, 
I am really serious when I tell you that I am hoping on Monday mm-hmm. that you and Christine have a great session with Dr. Keith Ablo. I think he's amazing. And I think it will be great. Uh, I don't know about amazing. But. I think it'll be amazing. Well, you'll have to wait and see. I, don't know. I, I, I The guy's good, I guess, but, you know. There's your traction. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you did. Oh, emotional friend. Of yeah, you got attraction for him, too. You got attraction? We used to, me and Christine watched him all the time during the day. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, we used to watch I, I'm so with Artie. Yeah, he's real good. Fucking yeah, Howard's marriage is... He's the leader of the Nixium cult. I know, for real. <laughs> He's like right below Scientology and the fucking, <laughs> what was that one Netflix documentary? Uh, oh, wild, wild country. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. It's all the time. Oh, Dr. Keith Avalon. We were emotional friending. <laughs> Christine couldn't see him. Her face, her face was on the pillow. <laughs> you were watching that show, huh? I was watching it. Christine's face was on the pillow. <laughs> all right. Thank uh, you. Uh, David Brenner is here. Uh, so <laughs> we'll hear from you on Monday. We'll give you a lot of air. Hey, that was a terrific last week's show. Um, I was listening to replays and stuff. Uh, traction. Traction. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the emotional friend uh, with Artie over there. Yep. Awesome stuff. What What do you got on tap for this week? Well, uh, speaking of, uh, well, today is a big day on the show. Sal and his wife, Christine, are actually going to be in here getting counseled by Dr. Keith Abloh. A lot of... Today. People seem to feel. You know, it. there are people wondering if the emotional friend will show up during the counseling. Session. You know who asked me that? Who? Oh. Dr. Keith Ablo. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he's real professional. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he meant the actual guy, but not not Artie. But my God, that would be so funny if he he tapped Artie to do the impression on purpose. <laughs> I would die. Yeah. Because I spoke to him last night, I wanted to. Prep well, most him. most shows would get that done. I, I said I wanted to prep Dr. Keith last night. I make That'd sure be the greatest booking ever. <laughs> I want to make sure he's up to speed on everything. Right. And he said, uh, "Is the emotional friend going to be there?" And I'm like, "No, Dr. Keith, he will." Howard, not. who would you rather have on the show this morning, the emotional friend or Vince Vaughn? Emotional friend. <laughs> <laughs> emotional friend or Eddie? Murphy? I think emotional friend. Emotional friend Eddie Murphy. Eddie's not a real good radio guest. No. I would go. Maybe when we covered that thing where he said, fuck Vince Vaughn, maybe that, that's why maybe Vince Vaughn heard that statement and said, you know, I won't be coming on. I was thinking, Artie, wrong ask. You should have said Orlando Bloom, Brad yeah. Pitt, somebody hot. Then Howard would have to d- take a pause. Yeah, his, no kidding. His, his dick would need that pleasure of seeing yeah, Brad that in Pitt, person. Brad Pitt or Orlando Bloom. Yeah. How about but how about emotional friend or Owen Wilson? Oh, I think he ain't gonna tell you anything. Right. I think emotional friend, but he's a winner. Yeah, if he was like Nikki friend. Six. All Owen right. Wilson. Okay. How about emotional friend or Kiefer Sutherland? Oh right, he just got picked up drunk driving. Oh, no, he did. Emotional, emotional friend. friend. Yeah, because he isn't gonna say anything. He's, he's gonna, gonna say shit. I think, ironically enough, that's something they wouldn't even mention now because they want these guests so badly, and they're mentioning like every awful move in their life and then you you know this was this is what made the show so fucking great and and think of all the shit that's going on now not just the me too stuff not that that's great but i'm saying the the wealth of stuff to talk about in the business has never been bigger and oh. instead they're going to go for these bullshit you would get such a massive audience if you went after all these phonies i know but sean puff daddy combs yes jesus get out of here howard would have been rolling over in shit with happiness you Just know it every even... day would be every day would be get a girl on the radio 
Like he did with Tiger Woods's bitches. Well, the the one, ironically enough, I didn't even realize it when I posted it. Just recently, I posted that white party photo of Howard with Kelly Osbourne in front of him and Beth mm-hmm. and Kim Porter's in that picture with P. Diddy in that picture. And it's so creepy because you're thinking like, well, first of all, you're thinking, well, the DNA on the left side of the picture is seriously compromised. But second of all, like he, there's pictures of Howard with Harvey Weinstein, with um, mm-hmm. fucking, you know, every single dirtbag on the planet he's been with or who's had some controversy. And P. Diddy, add him to the list now. Well, just roll tape for all the celebrities who are like, thank you, Miramax and Harvey Weinstein. And I mean, I can just roll tape for everybody who thanked him. Like, you're a genius. You're a god. Thank you. Yeah. And and what he did. Okay, he bankrolled productions. Yeah, okay, good. You thank him because you're supposed to thank him because you're afraid you won't get another fucking deal, development deal at goddamn Miramax or something. Come on, get a little. That, that's why I have such respect for Jason Priestley. Jason Priestley famously punched Harvey Weinstein out. Well, I just think that people in Hollywood who are so desperate for a career will literally look they will just not even see it. I mean, somebody like a Meryl Streep, who you picture being not like this, didn't say mm-hmm. anything until this all came yeah. out. And then, you know, I respect the survivor's stories. Shut up. Like, you, n- like nobody knew what's going on at Bad Boy or nobody knew what's going on at Miramax. Right. We've, there's been stories coming out for years. Wendy Williams, since the 90s, has been trying yeah. to tell you. Maybe like it'd be interesting to get Brad Pitt and Angelina on the couch and ask them what the fuck they're up to, but I still would they're go with emotional. Talk, Look, okay, yeah. emotional friend or OJ. Oh wow. Now there you go. That's a tough one. How about emotional friend or almost Osama bin Laden? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I go with Osama, I think, but I'm not sure. You know, you can't understand what he's saying, Osama. No. I'd rather have the emotional You don't have friend. that interpreter in your anyway. Speaking of Osama. I think emotional the... friend wins on all counts. <laughs> he does. He's the hottest He's the hottest guest. Oh, wait a second. He's on our phone right now. Uh, emotional <laughs> friend, is there any chance you're going to show up today? <laughs> I won't come out here. I can celebrate. Part of me will be there. I'll be on Christine's blouse. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, a little, little portion of me will be on Christine's shirt here. <laughs> so there's no chance you're going to be there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to be there, but some of my DNA will be there. You can interview my DNA. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, you know, I'll, I'll be at work. Oh, wait a minute. I don't work. That's how I fuck wives. <laughs> Listen, there's if you've been ever, ever like, you've, you've ever heard the original Friars Club roasts, like the X rated ones? Yeah. They don't hold back and everybody takes it. In this case, this is not a roast, but it's almost a roast style attack on someone. Like if you if you went up, like well, uh, Jonathan Winters used to do it all the time as another character, but he was like very lighthearted. This is pretty goddamn vicious. I even I at some point went like, okay, maybe you guys got to lighten up on him a little bit because it's getting a little hardcore. I just felt like it could go, it could go somewhere different at this point, but. Howard loves to turn the knife, and yeah. this is an opportunity. Yep, every minute. You actually hope that the counseling works out. I don't, I don't, I don't work. I'm prowling the diners for hungover chicks from TGI Friday. <laughs> you, don't, you don't call it work. No, no, I'm not working. No, I don't work. I don't have to Fraud support me. <laughs> but you actually hope the counseling works out for them. Oh, you? I hope it does. I mean, Sal was paying my rent for about eight months. <laughs> I said, uh, I said, wait, I bet he, I, uh, does Sal have another gig this weekend? I want to get a new watch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, this is so brutal. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but you've never actually, like, you don't go over to the house and stuff. Oh, I wouldn't go over to the house. I wouldn't do anything that uh, offensive. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Sal, if you see a sock uh, that's not yours, it's mine. <laughs> All right. I, uh, if you see a couple of cufflinks, EF, that's me. I'm like... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Emotional friend. Personalized conflicts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, that that would be the worst, though, if somebody was cheating on you and you find a sock or a cufflink. That's the Photoshop. I'm going to make EF cufflinks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> you have emotional friend couplings? Yeah, I, got, I, have EF, uh, I have those initials on all my ties and shirts. Someone, someone tell me you legally changed your name to emotional friend. Yeah, yeah emotional, <laughs> emotional friend. <laughs> I'm a pressure professional, yeah. <laughs> well, you must be a very sensitive man because you were oh, there emotionally. Oh, yeah, I know how to cry when it comes to getting pussy. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding me. He, he he's not there for you emotional? Boo-hoo, now blow me. <laughs> 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 I was just I was just watching Field of Dreams tonight. Okay. I know this is so stupid. And I okay. always cry at the end. And so I called Rick and I go, Oh, I just watched Field of Dreams. They go, This movie is so good. Have you ever seen it? He's like, Is that that baseball movie? And I go, Yeah, but it's like more than that. He's like, I'm not He's like, I'm not watching that fag movie. <laughs> I go, You I go, you have to. I go, I cry at the end every time. He goes, even more of a reason I'm not watching that movie. <laughs> well, the only so I understand, yeah. like, you know, sometimes women want to have like an emotional, but you know, you, you don't want, really you need watch, to have. You want to, you want to watch an emotional film? Well, God, like, what's what's the one? Steel Magnolias is the one where Julia Roberts' character dies at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's tough. I, I guess so. With the ones that always seem to used to, they always used to come up in conversations were Beaches with Bette Midler and. Uh, yeah, but see, I see those as chick films. I don't really see Field of Dreams as a chick film. And I, and he's no, like, that's isn't. a chick film. And I'm like, it's not. It's not. I swear it's to not. God. And he won't see it. I go, come on. And I'm like, I, you kind of want to share the emotion of it. <laughs> Sometimes, I guess. I don't know. I mean, we remember when I saw the film Up in the theater? You know, the Pixar film, that one little five minute segment of Carl and Ellie. I guarantee I must. There must have been people looking at me like I was made of stone. But I swear to God, I, I did have a lump in my throat, but I didn't I didn't get, you know, choked. Everybody else, the fucking tissues were coming out. You, I never saw anything like that. I cry so easily. A movie's that movie. But that Field of Dreams, man, when he says, hey, dad, want to have a catch, want to have a catch. And I just. That's it. I'm done. Goodbye. And the other one is when uh, Archibald Moonlight Graham. So he picks up that hitchhiker who's the old doctor who never got to play in the major leagues. He was mm -hmm. in there, but he never got to get a hit off the pitcher in the major leagues. Yeah. And so he says, and thank you. And he goes back into the cornfield. And yeah. I'm like, Balling. <laughs> well, I'm balling. Just, I'm on my couch, balling. Mia comes up to me and she's like, what's going on? And I go, you got to stay here and watch Field of Dreams. She's like, um, no. Well, you just, you just reminded me of, there's a bit they played on the show at the K-Rock days where they all talked about movies that made them cry. And uh, Sal came in and <laughs> the King Kong was the one he claimed made Jerry cry. <laughs> <laughs> he played audio of King Kong landing on the ground after he falls and dies. 
Is it like the is it the old one? Because I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah, the like, old one. The bl- Yeah, I used to. I was obsessed with that movie when I was little. I had like a King Kong figure, like in a bunch of my pictures when I'm like four or five, because I used to love old movies. Because I sure. think that's all my parents let me watch. Yeah, well, no, so there I- was the original. There was one in the '70s, but it was shit with uh, Jessica Lange. No, and then and then there was the more recent one, the Peter Jackson one, which I never saw. But it was the uh, black yeah. and white one, and that yeah. is emotional. Yeah, but not that emotional. No, no, he made it as a joke. Gary said that's not one of my films. <laughs> it's just he decided, look, boys, this is where my father gets it. <laughs> what did Gary say was his emotional one? Um, I, uh, we'll have to we'll do it for a Beth secret stash one day. We'll, okay, because we'll I'm dying uh, to know now. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll dig it up. What's your emotional <laughs> film? Oh, I have several, but uh, the one, the one, uh, one of them is a Spanish film by uh, Pedro Almodovar called um, All About I My think- Mother. I think you told me this once. Yeah. Yeah. That one's, that one's a hard one. Um, God, I got to think about it. It wouldn't be the green mile. Although I know a lot of people pick that one because I, re- I read of a story from Kevin Pollack told about Michael Clark Duncan being such a cocksucker that I couldn't feel any sympathy <laughs> for him. <laughs> Do you know which one I didn't cry at that everybody was asked telling me like I should have back in the day, dead man walking. Really? I didn't cry at that one either. Um, I was trying to think of like what, oh, maybe the, I didn't cry in this, but I found it emotionally amazing. Uh, like a, a real tear, not a tearjerker, but like it really played with your emotions was mystic river. Oh my God. That one. And, and the acting so, in that is so unbelievable. That one is a gut punch. Yeah. Yeah. On, on many levels. And so, and it wouldn't be like platoon, maybe at the end of hamburger Hill, when doc, uh, Courtney B Vance's character finally passes away and tombstone, the end of tombstone, when Val Kilmer, like doc holiday passes away. That one's, that one's a tough one for a lot of guys. I think it's a different. Yeah. So like there is a difference between men and women and what they cry over. Yeah, it would be it would be something like, um, again, like with women, I don't know what it is. It's ca- like cancer might do it for some people. Like what's that one? The famous one. Love story. You know what? Got, stepmom. Oh, stepmom. Yeah. Chris Columbus, that fucking hack director. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but again, Julia Roberts was in all of those, you know, like like a lot she's of those, a she's a good emotional in... actress. I got to give it to her. She she knows how to make you cry. <laughs> and Susan Sarandon. Uh, well, Susan Sarandon was a great actress, but now it's, now she's just a annoying fucking putana. Anyway, we'll keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and that works every time. Oh, every time I think I got them show. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? He doesn't pay attention to you, and you and you and you made the kids lunch. Oh my god! Suck my balls. <laughs> That reminds me of the Florentine anecdote. Oh, yeah. Um, I do feel like, though, don't you feel like when you're hearing this, like, thank God I have a good partner? I feel so grateful. I'm like, wow, I have a partner who listens, who cares about stuff and 
like well, my dreams and ambitions. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I, I've like we we talked about this a little bit on the last episode, you know, about getting someone that really just gets you on a on a every like yeah. a humor level, the musical like they don't things are things certain things aren't deal breakers. You know, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for landmines first before you go into like what do we have in common. Sometimes it's not about what you have in common; it's what you, what they don't do. You know, that's that's important. And even like couples you hang out with, like this uh, Friday, I'm going to a my one of my best friends, Mary Beth. It's her 42nd birthday, and her husband's a DJ. He's the one from New York City I told you about. And so he's throwing her at their brand new house. It's huge. It's beautiful, and it's a Madonnathon. So we're doing. We all have to like dress. different eras different eras and you know the husbands can dress on whatever they like or their partners or men can dress however they feel like but it's good he's throwing this for her and it's just like such a nice thing because that's what Why, she, she was, was was she a ma- mass, mad, massive madge fan huge back God. in the day like, so, so, how, so, so how, how embarrassed is she to, to see what she's done to herself now she pretends it doesn't exist is what oh, she God. does. Oh, <laughs> God. That's bad. <laughs> you, got, you have to shock someone into that reality. It's so awful. <laughs> I'll listen all day. <laughs> oh, my God. You kidding? He told me you worked all week, and then he went on the road to Tampa and almost broke his arm to support you. My God. And he still doesn't care about your day. I love your day. What's wrong? <laughs> You like to hear about it. Oh, her days are so fucking interesting. She talks to a girl at work, and uh, her other friend is, I don't know, she wants to get her hair dyed or something. sale. <laughs> you like to hear about that. Oh, I love a woman's day. It's great. Uh, There's so much interesting shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, I, I guess you were there to support. Oh, okay, forget like, it. <laughs> <laughs> we can go on with the emotional friends. God, women are so interesting when you're fucking them. <laughs> How do you stay interested after you fuck them? Oh, I don't know. Well, yeah, that's when they have to go back home for dinner. And then I, I don't you're know. saying it works for you because she has to get back to her family. Exactly. And then I, don't know, I got another, I got a couple of broads around town. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope i mean see that's the part where i'm like the physical thing is essentially just yeah it's something but it's in a, a male's mind meaningless that see how the way Artie's talking and i feel like a lot of men are like that where they don't really i don't know well the, the expression i heard was masturbating with another person yeah, right. Exactly. Like there's no emotional connection. It really is just about getting the nut. And I knew a couple way back when it was a Greek couple that I met and I get, they were talking about the, like, the concept of cheating. Right. And I go, mm-hmm. they were a little older and I go, she, and she said basically the same thing I've heard from a lot of European women over the years or women that were you know born in Europe, but lived abroad and were removed somewhere else. And they said, as long as he doesn't embarrass me, I really don't give a shit. And as long as he's not, you know, fun, draining the finances or screwing up whatever, as long as he's discreet about it, I really don't care. But some, cause some, how are you going to stop it? Are you going to put a tracker on them? Are you going to hire someone to watch them and punish them if it happens? Well, I guess it's just the partner you pick has to emotionally satisfy you, intellectually satisfy you, make you laugh, and also you enjoy being physical with them. And that's a lot, I guess, for some people and some marriages and some couples. And so if you find an in with a woman who's emotionally deprived of um, attention, 
Mm-hmm. I guess then that's how you end up with an emotional friend. Yeah. But like I said, I think physical for a male is different than physical for a female. Yeah, could be. And QFers, you tell us your thoughts. Ladies, men, you tell us your 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 opinion. I think the physical would be worse, uh, but that's because men aren't so they aren't so invested in emotional shit. And to be honest, they'd rather not have to hear all the bullshit that comes along with, you know, whenever my wife goes on about some of her, you know, I, I seem to think all women have like a fucking 60,000 word quota they have to get through every day just to go through. And my wife, especially because she's she, her and her whole family are fucking verbose. But um, I just say, well, OK, that's that's that comes with the package. You know, you either accept that from the onset or find someone else. And I always did. But sometimes you're just not in the mood for it. I think that I'm not. I think that it's okay. Um, you physically, okay, it's worse if a woman goes to the physical. I think, but for a man to do it, I consider it less. Yeah, I don't know if that sounds misogynistic, but I'm not trying to be. I'm just saying. When a woman gets to that point of where she's emotionally cheating, then physically cheating, that's really a death well, that's sentence. D- that's double, yeah. That's that's when it gets to that's the point of no return. But when a man physically cheats but not emotionally cheats, that to me is less of a death sentence. If that makes sense. <laughs> is that more of like a is that more of like a uh, corporal punishment type thing? It's just I. I just think men are sometimes stupid and just, yeah. I don't know. They don't think with the same brain we think. Like, we have to be emotionally invested sometimes, yep. yes. at least from my standpoint. So it's like you're missing that one part. And that one part to me, I think, means more than the other part. Yeah. You listen to them too. I got a, a couple of guys. A couple of guys work the night shift. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> You're there emotionally for a lot of people. Yeah, I got a full day. <laughs> I got All a right, full emotional day. <laughs> thank you, emotional. Friend. By the way, while student, I'm telling you, do bring back the emotional friend. <laughs> now, at this point, they're in the studio with Ablo, and he did he, he, pipe up. So that's why it's a little diffuse here, guys. I didn't put any segues. I just literally clicked. Clip to clip to clip from different days. Yeah, an emotional friend is here. An emotional friend is calling in. Excellent. Excellent. Go ahead, emotional friend. What do you want? I got a quick question for the doctor. Uh, should I leave the quality in now or is she coming later? Doctor, do you, emotional, friend wants to know, emotional friend wants to know, Christine, if you'll be over at the uh, motel. Quality. Later. Oh, yeah. Should I just check out now and save a little money? <laughs> All right, let's go to some phone calls. Wait, I got another, wait, I got to call her another 29 times. <laughs> is this your first call? The first of the 30, huh? <laughs> hey, Christine, uh, since Sal closed your emotional doors, you want to open your emotional legs? Uh, <laughs> wow. Emotional friend, thank you for checking in. I appreciate it. All right, it. I'll see you another 20, 29. All right, let's go and hear what people have to say. All right, Dominic Barber's an attorney. Doctor, oh, what does your wife look like? <laughs> <laughs> Dominic Barbara. Yeah, exactly. No friend, you want to meet uh, Dr. Avalo's wife? It turns out now I'm free on Wednesdays and Fridays. Christine up in the big hall. After this bullshit. <laughs> Dr. Avalos, any chance a emotional friend can meet your wife? Yeah, well, you know, anything's in the car. Uh, yeah, Sal, yeah. Sal, Chicago, Cleveland, you couldn't have squeezed in Cincinnati on Sunday? <laughs> Ha, <laughs> ha,
<laughs> Free wheel and Artie. There was nothing better. Fuck God damn me. it. <laughs> you gotta squeeze her head. What? You couldn't squeeze it in. <laughs> I'm get... sorry. You couldn't squeeze it in. <laughs> uh, let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. Dominic, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll hang up now. <laughs> I'm going out to my wet, Christine. <laughs> Where are you going? I'm going to throw out to my wet. I don't know. Jerk off, I guess. All right. <laughs> okay. By, what, by the way, I can confirm. When I, when I jerk off Christine, she does think of Sam. <laughs> <laughs> No. I hate you. <laughs> well, we have to have something also good for Sundays. Oh. Breathe. Ooh, deep breath. <laughs> my head hurts. <laughs> Thank you, No, I don't want All you right. to fire him. I want you to stop giving the mixed signal. There goes. <laughs> so the following day, he saw comes in. By, uh, <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I'm glad you said that because I'm officially putting Robin in charge of you two. <laughs> oh oh no! Yeah. There goes oh, all the no. cards of songs, Robin. <laughs> What's that? Wait, what are we putting Robin in charge of? Oh, I don't remember. It was some something that I can't remember exactly, but something they they did they they weren't supposed to do, whatever. And uh, he was just making an offhanded remark, like Robin's uh, responsible uh, for your content or whatever. Okay, well, anything Robin's in charge of, yeah. I know, is not a good idea. No kidding, the thirty-four foundation. Robin, <laughs> said, Robin said she wouldn't care if I died. <laughs> I don't want no, her in charge of me. She's a woman. Like she's you guys evil. write lines for Evil yeah. Dave, and I, you send them to me. I approve what I'm calling. Oh, it was um, they got um, they approached uh, George Takei when they weren't supposed to, and asked him to do some recording with them, like for drops. And mm -hmm. he he found out about that, and he got all but he got all pissed. Comfortable with, and then yeah. that's it. That's the way you do it. That's all. You guys got it. I, w I would have approved the George songs, but I would have had Gary approach George and say, look, these are some racy songs. Do you have a problem with this? Right. That's all. It's the finesse. Well, thanks. For you the... guys don't want me in charge. Yeah. Well, you're officially in charge. I, I'm clearly not good at it. I there will be it. consequences. Robin, I, I have one whiny pain in the ass in my life already. I don't need another one. Already. I don't whine, Who would that sweetheart. Be? One, four, three. I What's don't... going on? Nah, it's, you know. It's, you still married? It's, it's going, you know, no. moving along. Moving along, where? Over where? you? It's going nowhere. <laughs> He's moving it's like in the garage. a steamroller rolling right over him. Are you guys more sexual now, or is it just like really bad? Um, that's a no. <laughs> yeah, I, I think in between. You know, it's good. It's good. I'm not going to say anything. You know what? You have to check day to day with him because there are days he says, "Oh, it's good." It's good. It's good. It's it's good as it's going to get. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> that's not a red flag. <laughs> I'm not on the couch. It could be worse. I haven't heard him complaining you know. lately, so I think it's going pretty good. Yeah, that's great. Remember the time I wanted to get to the hotel in the, in the city? <laughs> or you tried to take your wife to a hotel? And she started yelling at me. Why? <laughs> because I'm inconveniencing her to get a hotel. Oh, my God. <laughs> in other words, you wanted to have like a date. Yeah, like a romantic. Yes, I wanted to get a car service, get a hotel. It was the night Ross Zapin's Halloween party. I said, we'll go out to oh. dinner. And she's like... Yeah, you, that, you, you heard go. his name. You heard his name, and you decided, hey, yeah, okay. I just said this sounds like great, and then he yeah. said Ross, Ross. Zapin's host a ha Halloween yeah. party. Now I know why yeah. this is a Her fuck all because yeah. 
that person is going to get your husband shit drunk, yeah. going to make you seem like a bitch, yeah. going to be no. an asshole. I'd rather not. He'll jump on your back. What a, but what, what a, but this is the problem. Like, so this is what you're going to get a hotel room for. It's for right. Ross Zapin's Halloween party. It's not going to be for an anniversary. It's not going to be for my birthday. It's not going to be for just a random day of the week or a weekend when you want to be considerate. Yeah, it shouldn't be. Yeah, and you should it'd be a time when you're not expecting it or some day that's not a birthday or Valentine's Day. Random, random times. That's the best. That's the way I've always approached it. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. What's the matter with you? She goes, I, I have to be inconvenienced. I'm not staying in no hotel. And, <laughs> and, and and then I have to go upstairs and then I have to get changed and come back downstairs and get in the kitchen. Oh, my I'm God. Like, she yeah, really wanna, doesn't uh, want to be with you, dude. <laughs> no, I think she does. No. Oh, come on. <laughs> Dude, you know what? And that's every girl's fantasy to be with a right. you know a guy that she's into. Go to a hotel, have a night away from the kids. Well, she had that fantasy. It just wasn't with Sal. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not every fantasy to say no. I am going to get a car service in a hotel for a night that's going to be about some bros. Yeah. No, they want they want something. Yeah, you know, they want what they want, not what you just- want. Just look at a picture of Ross Zapin at oh, any point yeah. in time on Google Images with his mouth open and his disgusting face. And it looks loud, obnoxious, and drunk. And tell me if that's how you, as a woman, want to spend your evening in a romantic escapade with a car service. No, well, thank you. Well, Ross Zapin always looks like his chemical composition of his entire body is whiskey and, and coke. It's constant diabetic sweats. Yeah, it's and terrible. Isn't isn't one of the one of saving grace of the modern show is that we never have to hear from him ever again. Thank God. Yeah. You said guy she's into. What if well, you said to her, all right, same night, but you can go with your emotional, your emotional friend. friend? I'm there. You know, if I ever see that emotional friend, man. <laughs> oh, I'm like, you asshole, you didn't fucking close the deal. I mean, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> so so you were okay. wishing, you were That's hoping. You right, right, right. That's what you hope. That's what you've chosen to believe. Oh, and, uh, what is it, Gary? Oh, yeah, he's just here to Meanwhile, break No, no, no. Marriage is, marriage is so fucked up. It really is. Because. <laughs> The craziest shit happens. Like, I, I, listen, my marriage is in, in good shape, not where Sal's is. But I remember one time, it was like 10 years ago, I was doing the dishes, right? Doing the fucking dishes. Yeah. And my wife yelled at me for making too much noise. <laughs> you know, like, that's the crazy shit you do. Wow. And I go, oh, she goes, could you stop clanking those dishes? You got to be kidding. Oh, yeah. She I was sleeping. That. I'm like, oh. If the babies are sleeping and it's hard to get them to sleep, why are you doing the dishes right now at that? Decibel. I can already tell what the complaint would be if they were young babies. Yeah. But right, that's I'll be my opinion. Well, that's no, that that's about right. Cause this is 2000. I'm going to say 2007. So 10 years earlier, 97, I'd say that's when they started having kids. I always gift my friends who have babies sound machines. I said, this will be your saving grace for the rest of your life. I'm going to give mean? you what sound do you mean, machines. Those, those things that like help the kids noise? sleep or help you help you sleep? No, it's for them. It's for white yeah. noise in the crib so they don't hear what's going on. I got outside. You, I got and Mia still to this day has a sound machine. She puts it on, she sleeps with it. She, that's how she sleeps. It's like a fan or anything else. But since a baby, she slept with it. That is the best present you could give anybody having a baby, by the way. Well, 
I'll have to look love into you it. forever. I'll, I'll have to make a mobile out of it and then give it to my wife because she could use that. <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. do it. Oh, uh, uh, this is the emotional friend over here. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're Sal's wife's emotional friend. <laughs> you're not with her anymore. I, I just wanted to let Sal know uh, that she fucking loves hotels. <laughs> I don't know where you're getting your information from. She <laughs> never complains when you want to go to yeah. hotel. Yeah, you should try the Best Western on 10th Avenue. <laughs> 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 they got a great brunch. Uh, their, eggs their eggs taste great over a fucking ass. <laughs> you know, emotional friend. I don't know if you know this, but I think you're on the same phone as Beth and Grandma Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I see them a lot over at the, uh, over at the, uh, over at the conventions. The annoying caller convention. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, good luck with that. Sir. Yeah. Those songs are funny, though. <laughs> 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 I tell you, I've never written a fucking thing. It's too much work. <laughs> I'm not good at writing. I'm good at fucking. <laughs> <laughs> she also likes cabs and bus stations. <laughs> Christ, I can't take it. I'm going to fucking hurt myself. Uh, my, the back of my head feels like <laughs> it actually is pulsating. I can't Guys, breathe. We're going we're gonna to push it ahead. <laughs> Honey, I want to take you to a cab. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's very romantic like that. <laughs> She's um, rom romantic almost anywhere. Yeah, I don't think I've ever inconvenienced her once. <laughs> It's always been convenient. <laughs> and getting dressed and undressed is no problem. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like when you take her to the city, she doesn't mind getting dressed. Uh, she loves it, yeah. She wears whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> so you said to your wife, Sal, hey, you know, let's let's have a romantic night in the city. We'll hang out in a hotel. We'll have dinner. She goes, why are you making this so difficult? <laughs> <laughs> and I realized it's difficult because I'm in the picture. Right. You know, and I don't get it. Like, you know, two plus two equals four, but, you know, hotel, car service, blah, blah, blah. No. Nothing. You're making this too crazy. We got to get in. We got to get out. Wow. <laughs> she took me to a furniture, a furniture store last month. She redesigned the whole house. Yeah, it but looks you see, spending time with you in a hotel would be sexual and, like, loving and romantic. Right. No. Hot. See, this, no, is, this is where he's wrong. Spending time with Ross is going to be wasted, drunk, coked up, and not functional. And then, and then dragging, pouring Sal into a fucking taxi and then getting him to the hotel and then like babying him until he recovers. Yeah. Imagine the Jaeger bombs that fucking yeah. Ross was going to be pulling that night on a Halloween <laughs> party. Good they'll, luck. They'll be, they'll be on an IV buddy going <laughs> straight into his veins. Fuck. It'll be like the roaring 20s. It, yeah. It's just insane. Just yeah. no. Nothing about that is romantic. Yeah. The great Shatsby. <laughs> you know how bad it is. Uh, and, uh, one time we went out for Halloween. I, 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 she went as a chick in a thong, and I went as a guy with a fucking boner. One, <laughs> 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 I swear to God, one, you know, emotional friend. Yes. Yes. You laugh like you. that. I think it hurts Sal's feelings. Uh, really? <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. Much like his wife, fuck Sal. <laughs> oh <laughs> Jesus! I'm sorry. Don't you, have, don't you have some work to do? <laughs> 
She uh, one time, time, one time you coming home today? <laughs> and you want to clear out? No one to clear out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I want no one to pull out. Huh? <laughs> the guy I get coffee from every morning at the train station. He listens to the show. So the other day, Christine dropped me off because my muffler busted on my Honda Civic. <laughs> you inconvenienced her. Yeah, it was it. No, as soon as she pulls away, the fucking coffee guy goes, Hey, Christine, I'll see you in 10 minutes. <laughs> and everybody's <laughs> sipping coffees laughing at me. I'm like the schlub there. And would, have been, would have been great if, like, he didn't even listen to the show. <laughs> hey, Sal, you should take it to the Marriott on 7th Avenue. If my memory serves me right, she's already got to change her clothes there. <laughs> Thank you, emotional. Uh, <laughs> just trying to help out. Doesn't even need to pack when you go there. The whole house, oh. Howard, is designed like a bachelorette pad. I'm like a guy living in a girl's dorm. Yeah, well, uh, she probably figures in a few years you'll be out of there yeah, anyway. Yeah, it'll be her house. I have a white nightstand, shabby chic, <laughs> with a lamp on it with what flowers. What is that store? Shabby chic. Shabby chic. How do you spell that? Chic. C-H-I-C. Chic. Oh my God, this is, but you know what? After all of this, they actually made those, I don't know, YouTube videos together and they were kind of cute. Yeah, I think so. C-H-I-C-K, shit, like shit. C-H-I-C-K? C-H-I-C, Is that is that French? I don't know what it is. Oh. It's my wife's thing. I just never heard of Shabby she Chic. Me too. What is it? How's it pronounced? I, I don't know. I, I I go to a store sometimes, Shabby Chic, but I, I, you must go somewhere else. No, I think it's Chic. Oh, okay. Thank really? you. Really? I don't know. <laughs> I thought there was only one. I know. friend, did you, you take Christine to Shabby Chic? <laughs> shabby Chic. No, I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> it's Shabby so, fucking expensive. So. That's all I know. Shabby Chic. Uh, shabby the Chic, whatever chic. it is. Okay. Iron Chic. Who cares? So let's see. History you were bad at and English. Right. <laughs> She made me this buy it. This is the shop is she. Sal, you're a G A Y. Fuck me. I'm fucking. You fucking fucking. No, forget it. Well, even thinking about it. Hey, Sal, is there any way you could take your fucking kids to work? You want to feel good? Is it? Okay. I hate you. Playboy chick here. She's going to present me with some book. Playboy put out a book of every, it's a coffee table book of every Playboy playmate for the last like nine, 900 years. Oh, really? And I'm like, well, who's going to put that on their coffee table? I mean, you, you do look kind of. Certainly not Howard. He'll have uh, like pictures of how to draw the male anatomy on there, but books about that. But no, not, not Playboy. Fuck that. <laughs> you'd, you'd be, you'd be pressed. Statue of David would be erected in his living room before you'd see that on a coffee table. No kidding. Yeah, in color. Uh, like a, yeah, loser. Well, a guy who puts that on his coffee table, what's he saying? I would hide it somewhere. But it's a cool looking book, though. Yeah, I'm you sure would. they do great <laughs> photography. I'm sure they did a wonderful job. But unless you're you Hefner, you. I don't know that you really want you Hefner. Why owe you? Dickhead. Put that on your coffee. Table. Even you, I th I thought his house was a little obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is Playboy Playmate Sandra Nelson. I have to say, Hugh Hefner's house was disgusting. Like I even during the Playmate show, it is the most disgusting mansion I've ever seen in my life. It's well, like hasn't was, updated from the 60s, 70s. 70s, yeah. You could see the wood paneling. They had like, there was a, someone that went there and they just did a, a like a, a walking review of it and they had pictures of like the, the, the you know, the, the what do you call it? The, uh, Lagoon grotto. or whatever the imitation, the, the, yeah, the grotto, yeah, and like the intercom was literally from like 1971. Nothing had been it, updated. 
But that includes the bedrooms, all everything. the guest houses, everything, it, the carpets. The, Things didn't match. It was like dropping into a different decade and they never updated it. When uh, the, when Howard Hughes died, I read that they the people went in like they died. They went into his room that was you know an inner sanctum basically, and they said when they tried to open the curtains, the curtains literally disintegrated to the touch. Howard Hughes or Hugh Hefner? Howard Hughes. Oh, the oh oh really? Yeah, and I think it was the landmark he lived in. I can't remember, but either way, they it was just in a state of it was like almost museum. It's like if you took, I don't know, if you took those those corpses like uh, Ho Chi Minh or something and touched them, they might fall to pieces. They're perfectly preserved now, but, you know, it doesn't take much. They're fragile. Um, at any rate, yeah, it's it, with Hugh Hefner, I think he really literally didn't have the money to upgrade it and didn't see the need because who gives a fuck? It's his place. I think it was a nostalgic thing. He was a real nostalgic person. Yeah. So he liked to pretend that he was still that age and lived yeah. in those times and lived in those days. And he kept everything the same. It's it was so awful. weird. Yeah, really bad looking. Nielsen. Now you got me talking like you. Shabby Sorry. Shick. Sorry. Shabby yeah. Shick. That was a good one. <laughs> you want to look when you take attraction. back. Attraction. A what? Attraction. Say it again. You wanted attraction? When you like, ever seen the New York Post when you open it up and there's yeah. an article uh -huh. and then what's they, that called? Attraction. Attraction. Uh, Not so, you, so you wanted I attraction. Was... Attraction, I guess. That's what you're talking about. Attraction. Mm -hmm. Not attraction. Tra tra attraction. A, a dash. So you want traction? <laughs> I would like. To, well, you don't have to now, but I'd like Jason to put attraction in. <laughs> <laughs> That's from the wrap up. I didn't ask for the fucking email. And Artie proceeds to laugh and, and laugh. And, and laugh, laugh and laugh and laugh. And then it gets even better because Sal, after he comes out, after this goes on for 20 minutes and he's just not getting what's going on, Sal grabs me in my office and he says, were you standing behind me holding up signs? And I said, why? He goes, because everyone was laughing. And I'm like, nah, I wasn't in there with any signs. That's so funny because I went into Sal's office to talk to him about, as the thing was going on. And he said, John, somebody was behind me, right? <laughs> like he was looking for the reason, which was right. obvious to a lot of other folks. Let's put it that way. Uh, let's talk to Jerry in Tennessee. Jerry, welcome to the wrap-up show. Yes, uh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, I'd like to comment. Is Artie there? He's not yet. He's on his way. He's on his way. You want, no, me, put you like on, to... you want me to put you on hold until he gets back? No, not uh, I'll express because I know Artie's going to rip, rip me a new asshole, but... I just think Artie's insensitive when it comes to Sal and his wife and uh, uh, the, the the wife's friend. You mean the emotional I mean, the emotional friend stuff that Artie yeah. was doing? I, I mean, I, I went through the same thing five years ago, and it is not. I mean, it it. it I, I feel for Sal. I really, really do. And Sal, I think, actually does have a depression. I mean, I went through bipolar, manic depression for six years. And I didn't even know I had it. Right, but you weren't manic depressive. came to a head. You weren't manic depressive or bipolar because of the incident. But yes, and I had a whole lot to do with it. Yes, it did. Really? Yes. I, I thought manic depression. I, I, you can you actually develop manic depression? I thought you have it or you don't. I don't know. Uh, someone else fill us in with that. I, I haven't done enough enough bipolar. Uh, I haven't done enough studies in bipolar. Yeah, hey Bob, let us yeah. know. <laughs> exactly. In a bipolar was something that. You were sort of born with. Am no, I no. This, this was caused by, I, I drive tractor trailer. It, it was caused by, number one, my dispatcher, which was screwing me over. And two, when I would call up and talk to the wife, we would just start getting into, uh, 
little argument. Uh, bipolar manic depression is caused by an overabundance of serotonin chemical that your brain produces. And it puts you into a depression of which you, you as a person cannot control without medication. So you're saying Sal, uh, you think Sal's depressed for real? Oh, I, I really, really do. And you and, think that, you think that Artie's being insensitive? Oh, very much so. I mean, if I was Sal today, I think I would have, Artie would never have had a chance to get off of that couch. <laughs> you know, there was an interesting moment. I do have to tell you, um, I have a monitor in my office where, you know, probably like a 28-inch television where I could see what's going on. I keep my office door closed a lot. But sometimes when stuff's going on in the show, some of the guys will come by just to see what somebody looks like, what's on her. Just sometimes you can look at somebody's expression. In fact, the reason I have the monitor in there is so I can read Howard's expressions when he calls for something. Is he serious or not? <laughs> That's brutal. So you got to do, like, body language expert shit on your boss to know if he's serious or not? That's awful. Yeah. I mean, Christ, you should have his shorthand at this many years in the job. You should know exactly what everything means when he says it. But that's because he's such a disingenuous, phony piece of shit. Oh, this is just more pile. Let it onto the pile. Yep. And that whole thing was going on. And Will walked up to look at the monitor and he goes, Jesus Christ, how long is Sal going to let this go on? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, you know what? But, Gary, I asked you I asked you a question. Hold on a sec, Jerry. Believe, I, I believe you, Jerry, that, you know, dealing with those problems can put you there, and it's a bad place to be, and, and, uh, and I feel for you and Sal. But once you start feeling bad for Sal, what, I mean, what pops into your mind, Gary? Well, I was joking with him today. He goes, Gary, you're always picking on me. I said, yes, I'm done with you up to 1994. We're even now. I have to handle, you know, the late 90s, and then we'll be even in three years for that. I mean, he would fuck with me. You talk about insensitive. But, of course, there's insensitive. Artie, this guy's saying that he thinks you're incredibly insensitive to Sal. Artie just walked in. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. And, I and, hear you. And I'm saying, you know, right. There's insensitive where Sal just fucked with me nonstop, making fun of my teeth. And then there's insensitive where you go for the personal stuff. Artie, would you like to answer? Uh, listen, I un and again, after... <laughs> <laughs> you got to see how the, the dynamic of the show today was a perfect example. Like Howard had a thought in his head when he went to the megaphone. I love as a fan when Howard goes for the megaphone. I love when he does shit like that, a caller. It's always funny, but he had an idea of like the emotional friend being the Henry Hill laugh and he started to do it. And then I started to do it. And then he realized, you know, that it might be better if he just interrogated me. And I did the emotion right. as the Henry Hill guy. So he handed me the megaphone. And I mean, what are you going to do? It's the show. It really got dark. And Fred and, and Benji were writing me lines. And I was thinking of some of my own. And believe it or not, I edited out some of the stuff I thought would be more offensive. And, um, you know, and I got to admit, like a hypocrite in the hallway during the commercial right after the first round with the emotional friend thing i said look man that's really when i felt like an ss guy following <laughs> orders you know, like one of the hit, like... oh man but it is i mean at least howard had the emotional and comedic intelligence to pass it off to Artie because we would never see that now Oh, Christ, no. And uh, yeah, like I've said in a couple of recent episodes, at least once, um, once he got uh, that that air back to himself, he lost at the last fringes of ability to know oh. when something was funny or something was was going to be better or not. And then we're left with literally, you know, puppets for weeks or, uh. you know, uh, Trump impressions, shitty Trump impressions for weeks or the like this knocking shit still is going on.
But do you know what I realized? Even from looking at other podcasts, by the way, it's like it doesn't matter how many people screaming in your face that things aren't working. Mm-hmm. They'll just keep doing it. It's almost it's it's unfathomable to me that we would do something so wrong that would upset so many people and go in a direction that's so unlikable. But yet you're going to keep doing it. Well, it's narcissism. It's you know, like you, yeah. you can't be doing anything wrong. It's got to be the other. It's got to be the listeners right. who are who are in front. But then, you know, at the end of the day, <clears throat> when um, when something is is getting, you know, it, sometimes it's the squeaky wheel, like it's one person complaining when m- many people, most people are complaining about something like l- witness the Stern show, the way it's been going and all the people on red, like literally shutting down yeah. the Twitter uh, speaking, whatever, tw- Twitter comments, unless you're a friend of the show. What does that right. tell you? Right. Uh, uh, everything. It tells you everything. <laughs> yep. Guys, saying, I just followed orders. What, 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 somebody expect but, but, it, just to put down the microphone and go, listen, you know what, Howard? I don't think this is right. I'm going to put down the microphone. That's not how the show works. And people would not like the show. If, I mean, that would seem retarded. And, uh, you know, well, we, this isn't Nuremberg. You know? well, exactly. <laughs> Look, that is a very emotional thing. But we all go through emotional shit on the show. Every one of us. It's the nature of the show. And the other thing that sort of made me not click in my head to stop doing it was, guys, I love him, but it's Sal. Sal is ball breaking <laughs> mm-hmm. at level red. He, I mean, Gary, you know, is a perfect example, but he's like that with everybody. He'll throw you under the bus. He's been vicious and vicious over the years. He's the most vicious roaster. And that's the show, man. You live by the sword and die by the sword. Party, I got a question. Yeah, and 100%. Like, uh, that's, that's, that was what, at, during the time I remember. You could feel from on a human level the way we feel for Beth sometimes when you hear these breakdowns and stuff, but not certainly. It doesn't last for long when you remember who you're talking about. Well, especially now that you're looking from it from a hindsight point, you're just, you know, you forgot the feelings. But when you're an everyday listener, I remember thinking this is the comeuppance you get because that's how it was. And everybody took their turn. The wheel of karma Mm -hmm. on the show. Yep. Because it's the flip side of the coin. And I've been in the position where I like I used to apologize to J.D. all the time because I would pick on him on the show and I like JD, and it would just be like you sort of get sucked into it. There is this sort of perverse pleasure when you're doing it, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and, yeah. and you don't feel good about yourself, but when you're doing it, I can't explain to you. There's some odd perverse pleasure. Because, you know, look, all of us uh, on the show uh, are performers on some level. You know, we're all on mic, and... You know, when something's going that well and you're getting laughs, Howard's laughing, and you know the audience is probably digging it, you get carried away. You know, you do, and that's what happened. Then it's a freewheeling improv show. It's not edited. See, here's the thing. That would be fine if Howard got his comeuppance. Yep. But when he got his turned, it turned into something like the bro fight, you know? So that's the part where it's, it's not fair. So I would say it's fair if... Everybody got their comeuppance. Right. Well, do you think that he would have engendered a lot more like fan support over the years had he allowed himself to be fucked on as much as everybody else? Of course. Like, you know, he might have staved off this irrelevancy by probably a decade. He would have staved it off a ton, especially when they did the whole the stop the Howard news about him and Beth. Yep. That was ridiculous. It was. And, and someone and no one had the balls to tell him, like, dude, you're you're slitting your own throat here, reputation wise. 
Exactly. He was slitting in his own throat. It continues to be slit, and let's keep on slitting. Yep. Um, was some of the stuff probably over the line, uh, like this guy saying? Absolutely. The guilty as charged. I mean, you know, but yeah. that's the fucking show. And of all the people that, you know, you might not be that sensitive about giving it to, it might, you know, Sal might be at the top of that list. Is there a part of you that thinks that just as a man, Sal should step up and just say fucking stop? Yeah, well, you know, the second round of the emotional friend thing, which I got to take uh, blame for because I picked up the mic and started <laughs> doing it. Because, uh, again, it's so much fun. Sal lost it and went with, you know, your father fell off the roof, the heroin thing, right. and that's when you're just desperate grasping at straws. So Sal, by that point, had had it. He also got physical with me when I went in with the man which he'd never done before. Now, that's bullshit, because you know how many times I thought you were going to lose it and get physical with him? I, I mean, when you're under fire and pissed, he comes in with that mask, and, uh, you know, you somehow restrain yourself. He got more physical with you than you've ever gotten with him. Right. And out of that part, I mean, you got to admit, that's bullshit. Gary, if anybody has a million of those blocked up uh, that he owes Sal. Uh, he needs a day off. Maybe, about it. maybe I missed this, Artie, but when Sal went... Like, you were doing it. Sal wasn't saying a word. And then he went to, well, your dad falling off the roof. It seemed like, to me anyway, a switch went to you like, okay. And then it was game just. But, no, the game was on, but then the game went right. to another. To sudden death. No, yeah. no, no. It went, it went from touch football to let's put pads on. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, no pads. Right. No pads. It, it was tackle. Exactly. Right. And again, we've all been in that position where you're getting fucked with so much and there's no, you can't get out of it. And Sal got so mad that he tried to say something, and there was he just it just wasn't his day, man. He wasn't getting laughs. It came off as mean. It came off as ugly, and uh, you know he was outmatched there. And we've all been outmatched, but Sal was outmatched. There. Well, the other thing is, Artie is beloved, and Sal really wasn't. I mean, yeah, he was, and he wasn't. But there's two layers, two levels of different, you know, fan fa fandom with those two people, and with Artie, you go through that stuff that's really super personal. Uh, yep. Whereas this is like speculative and it's not the same thing. No, it's uh, it, Artie's narrative is more um, relatable. And I guess you could say it uh, generates more sympathy than yep. what's happening with Sal. Totally. Do you think the show has gotten to a level where we're all sort of anesthetized? In other words, did you ever in your life think there would be a day where someone would crack a joke about your dad falling off the roof and you wouldn't jump over the table and fucking kill him. Yeah, I know. You know what uh, I mean? But it's all the whole thing. It's just for all of us, you know, you just take so much shit and then it just becomes, you know, yeah, it becomes I, I, okay. Right. Well, and it was in the, in this context, because the reason I said something to Sal during the commercial was I really got into his head. Like, God, <laughs> that's gotta be an awful situation that what he went through is, you know, his kids almost breaking up emotional friend. And I'm sitting there. He's sitting there on the show. It's like his hero of all time, Howard, laughing. And this fat <laughs> asshole he works with is doing that voice. He had to be livid. And I felt bad for him. And so when he brought up my father, I'm like, well, you got to give him a shot there to, to at least try something. All right, Jerry, thanks for your call. Uh, we lost Jerry, but uh, hopefully you got the answer you were looking for. Hey, Ralph. We are oh, all fucked up and evil. There is really something wrong with uh, everybody who uh, who's on the show. I agree. It's a great human experiment. <laughs> no, it is a great human experiment. And sure. it's also when he says, do you become desensitized to things over time? Of course, when you are in this bubble. Yeah, duh. <laughs> 
Well, I, I can't. I'm not going to go into personal anecdotes, but bottom line, the the the, you, the only way to get at me would be to really get at someone I loved, and then really make me just kind of vicious towards. Like if you attack friends or I, family, or whatever, I, then I then I'll go guns. Yeah. But I'm talking about the Howard Stern show in general. It made an entire culture desensitized yeah. to things that we were sensitive to. Now, is it for better or for worse? I'm not going to lay that opinion on right now, but yeah. I will say it had the effect of desensitizing you to things. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, intern beauty pageants and shit like that, like not understanding that maybe some of these things, it's just wrong. All those things. I got to say, when I was watching with Rick, that vice, uh, 2000s, uh, thing, and we did the rundown of it, it was like, I forgot how desensitized we were to some stuff that was just normal, everyday shit I heard on the radio. Yeah, and and we we just rationalized it as, oh, yeah, yeah, like dandruff. But that's how it got. So when yeah. when Artie and Gary are having this back and forth of like, are we – are we this? Yeah, you become this and you don't even realize it. And as a listener, you become this and you don't even realize it. The problem is now it's swung too far in the opposite direction. Yeah. And, and so now you're craving like for that skin. nostalgia of yeah. I want you to lay it on thick. Suck it up a little bit, buttercup. Yeah. I mean, when you when when you said, Artie, when you said, yeah, hey, you just, you, the sound got all pissed off because you just came up and said something in your hall and you're like, fucking welcome to the show. <laughs> right. What I don't get, though, is like that guy who, and I gotta say, John Hine appears to be the only person who's not really fucked up. I mean. It's true. What, he's See, a, I think John Hine's fucked up because there's nothing wrong with him. I think there's plenty wrong with him, and we're ju we just haven't found out yet all of the fucking bodies in his in his basement. He's done a wonderful job at being deflective, and the closest we've ever got is that bullshit blowjob story. But most most of the time, John Hine has basically stayed above the fray. Yep, he's got he's got there there are a couple inter interactions with the staffers that like with Ralph specifically that we'll have to go into at another time. But yeah, for the most part, he's Teflon. Well, yeah, yeah maybe <laughs> well, we don't know about. I think that you know they say like every family's dysfunctional. I think that three percent of the families aren't. I think the people who aren't dysfunctional are the most dysfunctional people there are. I think this is a social experiment, and John's writing a book. But that, <laughs> that last guy who called, what the fuck, what show does he listen to when he, when he talks about uh, it's, you're not being sensitive? <laughs> sensitive? I mean, what is, honestly, sensitive ain't the word to bring up. But, but Ralph, that's the, that's the call that we always get. I was a huge fan of the show until you... Dot, dot, dot. And everyone has their own personal line. I was a huge fan of the show until you made fun of retarded people. I was a huge fan of the show until you goofed on Haitians. You know, everyone's got their line. It's so weird, but clearly that's a guy who, like, he's paying for the show, you know? Here's the thing. When you get upset about stuff like that, that Gary's saying, maybe it's like a moment of, I think they crossed the line, but you always got back into the show. It was never like, the offensive stuff was to the point where you're not going to tune in the next morning, or maybe you take a day or a week off or something, but you kind of were invested in their lives. So you just were like, okay, but it's still funny. I'll get over it. Here's where you're, it's not acceptable. It's when the show stops being funny altogether and you're still being super offensive. And now it's both. Well, it's amazing how to do that. Some people are on the other webs on the other Facebook sites going, you know, well, at least they're still working. And I had to laugh. Like it's not the way it used to be, but at least it's still working. I go, 
at what point do you think they're working? Everything's scripted. Everything's in a not everything's in a a binder. Well, one of our fans messaged me and said they they messaged me a clip and it's of a recent show and I can't even believe they put this up as a clip to like promote and it's Howard and Robin trying to understand text slang and like not getting it. And this would be like, I I said, I would rather watch the golden girls. At least they're funny. It would be like having a golden girls episode where they try to twerk and speak in Cardi B lingo. I mean, nobody (laughs) cares about that. Well, it would be funny if, I mean, there's just no premise for there to be funny. I mean, the old days, you remember how it used to be. They come back from whatever day, something happened in the news. They'd actually talk about it. They would actually talk about it. We're not talking 30 years ago, guys. We're talking 2000s, like in the 2000s, leading up to the uh, the summit summit uh, video, uh, the the summit meeting at the uh, what do you call it, the McGraw Hill building. They would still tell you how their weekends went and what happened, where'd they go? You know, it was, you know, uh, what was the story with Bowie and the kids and whatever, it would be funny. N- now that there's two things at play, or there's a few things at play, but number one, not being wanting to fucking piss off the Hollywood elite, but also he doesn't want anybody to have any airtime. So Bowie's not coming in and telling you about his weekend. Exactly. And it's also the fact that you can just pick any one of these shows in recent, I don't know, the last five, six years And you don't even know what date it is because they don't even, like you said, talk about current events. So it's literally memory hole, wormhole. It could be from any time. It is all Howard and his narcissism and neurotic (laughs) behavior 24-7. There's no time moniker for basically anything. No, and the the the, the funny thing with uh, bring back Jackie on uh, Twitter, he posted uh, a quote from Howard from whatever Wednesday it was, and he said – uh, the quote was something like, all you need is a f- uh, you know, podcasters, fucking podcasters. All you need is a microphone in your basement, <laughs> says Howard, recording from his basement into a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> With no irony in his no, voice. Zero, zero. Oh, he's a he's a super fan. Right. And he doesn't get what the yeah, fucking he, show is he, all about. He also became manic depressive because his uh, – his um the person that was he was talking to in the other way the two way radio while he was driving his truck was being mean to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh well you know it's funny when Benji was having his day the other day and he blew up and he said, "Listen, I could say stuff right now about all these that would ruin your lives." I went, "What do you have on John Hine?" <laughs> See, I thought even that mm. was Benji doing a bit to some degree. But, yeah, but Gary, you also said something too. There's that, that that weird perverse pleasure you get. It's almost like you can't stop yourself. It and is, it, and it is. it's and it's like all, like like I know for myself, like if I listen to back to something that I got everybody riled up and and you guys are laughing, I just like I get such a thrill out of it. It's like, oh my god, I made you know I made Robin or Fred or Gary or Artie or you or anybody laugh and just I guess it's a fucking kick out of it, you know. There's no. You know what? I do see a point that because we always laugh at the same stuff years later and you do get on a high when they're really good at roasting certain people and there's topics that you could just replay time in memoriam and they're never not going to be funny. Mm -hmm. So Ralph does have a point. Yeah, there, there are, I mean, like uh, you you guys pick them. There's any number of moments. If I, if I asked everybody on the QF or Patreon or YouTube and said, give us your top 10 moments, your favorite, I think, you know, 10 people would have 10 different lists. Like there'd be a few, there'd be a few, like, I think a lot of people would have one or two of the exact same thing, but most of them would have different things that they really appreciated about the show. For sure. 
I hate to say this, but maybe it's because the show's gotten so bad. But Ralph doesn't piss me off as much in this time period in 2023, like re-listening to this stuff. Like he used to just aggravate the fuck out of me. But now because the show is so bad, I don't find him. I mean, I do find him annoying, but it's like the Howard is so much worse in my mind and Robin and the whole show together that it bothers me less. Well, it's because he's a voice from at least the past and the, the past is what you remember as being funny. I think it's a trigger. And the other thing is the you don't hear about him so much. And C.A. Thompson and I were discussing this not long ago. The reason why you're not hearing him is because he's being phased out. He's too old for Howard now. So Chris Wilding is the new favorite uh, little yeah. like gro- grooming project for Howard. And because explain it. And this is how it went. He tried with Mehmet. Mehmet mm-hmm. wouldn't go gay. He yep. had to get someone. He got Wilding. Wilding was savvy enough to know that this is an angle he's fine with, and he is gay. He's out, so he doesn't give a have a problem. Mehmet wasn't gay and isn't gay. He's got actually a very cute fiance wife, I guess. Wife. Um, yeah, and um, and he also like he he his he he relied on his looks, but that would only get him so far. Twinkie Twinkie Mehmet will only get so far. Gay Twinkie Mehmet would go to the top of the organization. But he can't go that way. So, and Ralph's too old. He's still going to maintain those secrets, and he's still on the payroll. But Howard's kind of got his supply for all the supply from him that he'll ever going to he's ever going to need. Mamet would have been first choice if Mamet would have been gay, because yes. Mamet is way more attractive than Chris Wilding. But gay is more important than a pretty face. So he's going to, it's like another, it's like Ralph 2.0. And here's the other thing that wife of Mamet's now, the wife was way better looking than Beth. So we can't have people at the Christmas party upstanding beef. Upstaging. Yeah. Upstaging. Sorry. Upstanding. (laughs) No worries. Well, horses can't stand. Uh, The, uh, (laughs) the, <laughs> that made no sense, guys. I know horses can stand; they they trot. But uh, either way, um, I was thinking about this as well. The the Chris Wilding sort of tr- the, the, the the I guess the other thing was, and Ben mentioned this on a recent show, uh, another one of the last shows we did together, maybe not the last one, that he's way more also uh, Wilding is way more uh, important to the show as being an impressionist or maybe doing bits like whatever, the, whatever the bits are these days, he's right. actually being sort of productive, which is why he has a use as well. Mehmet couldn't produce Jack shit. No. And his, his whole angle was with Brent who is gone. Yeah. That, that entire, uh, IQ saga that, you know, he was useful when he had a foe, but now yes. it's just pointless. He's he doesn't have a nemesis anymore. So it's, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. Way to explain it to anybody unless you've been here and, and done it. But you know, I've done it a couple of times. A lot, a lot of people here do it more, but yeah, when you're riffing and they're laughing, you're entertaining who arguably some of the funniest people in the world I'll do almost anything. You're, you're you're all crazy sick bastards. That's all I have to say. Well, you know, it's funny after uh, after one of the because uh, Ralph again. Again, I think a lot of people. If you're not a performer, you're a frustrated one. But some people know how to do the dance of the show better than anybody. And Ralph, as a caller, is one of those guys. Right. And a good example of it is, I think it was after my roast. Ralph sat in and he was doing the Eric the Midget stuff, and you know we were all laughing at Ralph's Eric the Midget impression, and it 
just got into a 20-minute rant where, you know, Ralph sort of had the floor and everybody was laughing at it. And technically, look, it's a, it's a midget in a wheelchair. But, you know, that's the Stern <laughs> Show. We're all, I mean, you know, the kid comes back and he insults us and... We get lost in laughing about it sometimes, and I think people appreciate that honesty. You know, like you know where I think is a, a, a place where the show goes a little bit over the line that that makes me cringe, but in a weird way, when Fred messes with John the Stutter, right? When John the Stutter tries to talk, and Fred <laughs> just won't let him get a word out. I said, like, what's the difference between that and sticking a stick in a guy's wheelchair while he's going down a hill? Nothing. You know what I mean? Like, you <laughs> there is no difference. But the, the one thing is, what I loved about the interaction with the Wag Packers when Artie was there, and I said this before, they didn't act like they were Wag Packers. They treated them like they were normal, and then that interaction became funny. Well, that's the other thing is the Wag Packers didn't get it any more or less than the cast people on the show, the show, yes. the people who work on the Howard Stern show. So it's like almost a camaraderie. They all shared the same battle scars as an Artie or a Sal or a Richard or a Benji. Seriously. I mean, there was no difference in treatment except right. for the fact that, yeah, these people have disabilities, but they're all getting the same shit the rest of them are getting. The only thing I will say about Fred with John the Stutter is I felt like a lot of times John the Stutter had really good points to make. And it was oh, yeah. funny because he stuttered. But I felt a lot of times because they were good points, Fred would do that to try to absolve him from making the points. He would try to stamp it out so that you would be paying attention to the stutter more than the points he was making. Yeah, not absolve, nullify, but I know what you mean. It was like uh, you can't – like with the one day he came – the last time John the Stutter came in, as him using his as an example, he, he said, I'm not going to be doing the show anymore because Ralph's getting paid X amount for geek time, but I'm not getting paid for my show. And right. that was like, try, try telling the boss, I'm not doing that. I'm not picking up that extra slack, whatever. And in this case, it's not extra slack. It's literally for free. And mm -hmm. I don't, I, good kudos to him. Like you call him whatever you like, but Jesus, that takes balls and it takes a character to say, no, you're not going to exploit me anymore. I, I need some money. That's it. That was a really great moment. I think that's an underrated moment too, for sure. Yeah. We'll definitely cover that in the future. Really are, are, are fucking with a handicapped guy, yeah. but it does make me laugh. Yeah. yeah, but he like that's a little different than like when when I like you know I'm fine with John, but he's you know I I can set him off in a second, and I don't really do that anymore because it's like he gets so so fucking angry, at, <laughs> and I, I feel I feel like he's gonna have, like he has embolism or something. Right. He's gonna die from me. I don't. You know? That's the other great thing about some of these whack packers. For some reason, they hate with a red hot passion one of us for right. some reason like it's like like you know ralph has john the stutter i seem to have marianne for some reason like all these people are so nuts and then you're like why do you hate me extra like it's a little weird right. you know, that it's it really it really is a cauldron of craziness yeah what puts you over the top i i agree with Artie. it's strange because i i do agree with him but i never thought marianne hated him more I mean, I think that I always thought it was Eric the Midget. Like, that's who I would have picked. Uh, yeah. And w with Marianne, it was whatever. Like, she was basically all Howard's up Howard's ass. So if you went against him, she was going to come after you. If she wanted to defend you, because she was on, she was with Artie's on Artie's side many times. But um, 
it, it, I think it was just a matter of that last year, for example, 2009, she was all like, oh, you're snapping all over things. And she was right. Like, uh, the, and that's the one few time, one of the few times I could agree with her about him. You're right about Marianne. It's basically she's going to go against whoever is against Howard for the moment. Yep. Yep. Yeah. She's another Robin with a, an even mm-hmm. shittier voice. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, uh, it's just, uh, I mean, look, not to state the obvious, but I think it's a bunch of whack jobs we have. <laughs> <laughs> <You think? laughs> All right. Thanks, Ralph. Later. Okay. And I'm going to fly out there next week and I'm going to straighten your ass out. <laughs> and I'm going to make sure that you really get it. I'm going to make sure that you know what a rude, thoughtless little pig you really are. Do you understand? You're a rude, thoughtless pig. So be ready on Friday the 20th because I'm coming out there. I'm going to tell you this and I'm going to turn around. And I'm going to fly right back home. <laughs> you are a rude, <laughs> thoughtless pig. All right.